Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Dr. Stephen Timmy. Stephen is the founder and president of Finlistics Solutions. He's also the co-author of the Amazon bestseller, Insight-Led Selling, Adopt an Executive Mindset, Build Credibility, Communicate with Impact. Before founding Finlistics, Stephen was a professor of finance at Emory University and several other universities. Thanks so much for joining me today, Stephen. Thanks, Diane, and thanks for everyone uh, listening. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I actually want to start with, I was reading the introduction um, to your book, and I, I love this uh, part where you've got the solution, and then uh, the salesperson should be more interested in learning about my business instead of telling me about theirs. And that just hit me like a ton of bricks, because I feel like that's one of the biggest mistakes salespeople make and have been making for quite a while is that they think they're supposed to be the ones talking and telling and persuading and all those things. Yeah. So I believe that was a quote from Dean Myers. He was a former exec at Coke. And and in, in the book, we interviewed a dozen executives from all kinds of companies, large, small, et cetera. And that was one of the really one of the common themes like, hey, you should be more interested in me than your company and your solutions because you're, you're the one that's asking me to spend my money. And the Diane, the other part of that is, you know, I've worked with a lot of executives over the last 30 years and uh, they, really, they really want partners, right? They, they really don't want vendors, they want partners. And, and to be partners like in personal relationships, you know, you, you have to be as interested in the other person uh, than, than you're, as much as yourself. And, and that's some of the feedback we get is, you know, they, they don't understand my business. They don't really care about what I'm trying to get accomplished personally on and on and on. So that, that was one of the motivations for writing the book is really to provide a framework to help enterprise sellers say, hey, how do you get inside the, the mind of this buyer who really, really wants to be your partner? Yeah, definitely. So talk to me some about what what you think sellers can do to adopt that executive mindset that you talk about. Yeah, um, one is to understand how executives make decisions. And and that's why it's important to really to fall in love with your, your customer and say, you know, what something as simple, Diane, is, you know, in if they're publicly traded. Um, in their annual report, what is the CEO chairman? What is the, the letter shareholders talking about, right? I mean, they'll talk about, you know, a lot of like the ESG as an example, and they'll talk about community and those things that are important, but they also give you a lot of insights into, I'm trying to think the one I saw just the other day, 
uh, they were saying, okay, what we're trying to do is grow revenues and how we're going to do that is enhance the customer experience. And here's some of our strategies for doing this. Uh, we also want to expand our profit margins and here are the things that we're going to do. So, I mean, really, Diane, in, I don't know, less than 10 minutes, you can start seeing what is happening at the top and that cascade down from the very top to, you know, all, all other parts of the organization. So, See what's, see what's most important to uh, the executives. And like I said, that trickles down to the other parts of the organization. And it's out there in the public domain. And if it's a private company, you, you know, there's a, what I find, there's a pretty high correlation between what public companies have as goals and strategies and, and then what private companies do. Because I, I don't know, Diane, maybe they all use the same consultants. I don't know. They might be. I don't know. <laughs> I, I love that. I never would have thought about reading um, the letter to investors. That That is because they do. They spell out they do. their goals, you, you know, everything right there. Yeah, it's real simple, real simple. And, and you know, the, the other thing that you can do is uh, and this is getting a little bit more detail, but you know, my friends out there, it's, it's something that is expected of you because we've uh, in these interviews and again, working with execs, I mean, knowing their financial performance and knowing their goals and their strategies is table stakes. You're, you're really not going to impress anyone by knowing that. I mean, if you don't know it, uh, it's going to be very short, very short meeting. But uh, Diane, where I was going with this is, you know, if you know, see, see what's happening, right? So for example, um, the consumer products company, I won't name the name, uh, but you probably buy their toothpaste. Uh, anyway, so uh, you you saw their their revenues went up. Okay, okay, their revenues went up. Well, let's see what could have happened. Go go to the you know annual report or quarterly report doesn't really matter, and go to what we call the management discussion and analysis, and they'll tell you here's what happened. So in this particular example, they said, oh, well, our revenues went up six percent, whatever the number was. And this much of it was because we sold more volume. This much of it was because we increased prices. This much of it is because of, you know, foreign exchange. So the point I'm making here is that they spell it out and it's usually pretty straightforward. Uh, so, you know, volume went up, prices went up. Oh, I wonder how much longer they can raise prices, right? Uh, and they got hurt by foreign exchange. So it, it doesn't take that long, really, Diane, to say, what are they up to? what what's been impacting their performance and where they want to go and if you do that if you do that you're really going to stand out because you know there was a, a study uh, i believe by forrester that said uh, a lot of executive buyers think that uh, like 80 percent of enterprise sellers do not understand their business and you know i'm not saying it's not some work but it's not as hard as you think to get in that 20 percent that they say oh we we do think they understand our business not only that but what I always say is that there's activity and productivity. And so you can spend your time dialing for dollars or you can spend <laughs> your time researching your prospect so that you have something intelligent to talk to them about when you right. actually do reach out, right? And that's what you're talking about. <laughs> do, do the work. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Because I mean, like I said, it, it's, a, it's expected uh, of you know, the, the sellers. If, you're, if you want me to spend some of my precious time talking to you and they are not gonna hold an extra meeting that week to talk to you. That means you're bumping somebody else. 
uh, you, you better you better be prepared. And, and that was one of the reasons why Melody and I, Melody Ashley, who is our CRO, you know, we we know all the sad statistics, you know, like you know, they believe 80 percent of sellers don't understand their business and only 60 mm-hmm. percent make quota. It's it's depressing. And these are our friends. So so we're like, you know, look, um, we've been on both sides of the desk we've got insights from both sides of the desk. Let's write almost like a, almost like a, a guide or a handbook on how to develop these insights to, to be more relevant and to build these partnerships. Yeah. It's so, it's so great. And, and I, I just find it fascinating because it's things I wouldn't have thought of, but then when you explain it, it, it makes perfect sense. I do have a question about the financial performance when it comes to privately held companies is it possible to find any of that uh typically not i mean we you know one of the things that we do is provide uh financial performance insights on publicly traded companies to help sellers but then everyone's saying well what about private companies well here's the reality of it most of the private company stuff we've looked at is not uh it's not very accurate and it's not very detailed so what we recommend people do you can do a couple of things one uh, you know, there are some industry statistics out there, you know, so for example, retail went up, in fact, they just announced it, you know, retail sales went up 4.8% or whatever it was, or for fiscal year 2021, you know, sales in this industry went up this and profit margins expanded or profit margins went down. So Diane, one, one thing you can do is let's say you're the, the, the exec I'm talking to at this private company. I'd say, you know, Diane, in preparation, preparation, we, you know, we typically look at how you're doing financially. So we have better insights, but you're private. So we couldn't get that information. But, you know, I, I did look at some of your uh, companies in your industry and I saw their revenues went up last year by X percent. And, oh, and I saw that they're their uh, profit margin shrank a little bit and they talked about, you know, increased labor costs. You know, are you experiencing the same thing? So Diane, what you can do is just be straightforward and say, look, here, here's where I look to get some insight to what you might be doing. Can I, can I ask you a few questions about how you're doing financially? And then the transition is, and Diane, here's what I see in the industry, what, what people are doing to improve performance in those areas. You know, are you doing the same thing? So, it, it's it's really not that hard. In fact, here's what's funny, Diane. Uh, some of the folks that that use our our tool, our our platform, will say, "Hey, it's actually easier to talk to a private company because I'm only using industry data versus their specific information." Where they might start questioning, "Well, well, where'd you get that?" And we have a little bit different number <laughs> and everything else. So private companies are they're actually kind of easier to sell to. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Um. I had a question about um, executive compensation because there's a lot of things in the news, especially not necessarily in the news, but but sort of in the whatever sphere out there, especially right now about, (laughs) yeah, and meta, right, about how prices are going up, but, um, and and companies are saying it's because labor costs are going up, yeah. but executives are compensated so unbelievably high <laughs> that it's not necessarily believable. So, you know, how is knowing how an executive is compensated part of that adopt an executive mindset? And how does the seller use that information? 
Yeah, good, great question. And let, let's not get into the level of compensation for executives. I mean, I, I can see both sides of that anyway. Sure. Plus a lot of executives are my friends, so I don't want to irritate any of them. <laughs> uh, so here's how this works. First of all, I mean, pe- people are, mo- let's say people are motivated by money. I'm not saying they're not motivated by other things, but more is preferred to less. I mean, yes. that's, let's, let's just get it. And uh, so what you also find is we, we do surveys all the time. And what we find is only 10% of enterprise sellers in this sample consistently use executive compensation to have a better conversation. So, wow. I mean, again, this stuff's out there in the public domain. So here's how you can use it, right? So now I know, uh, Diane, you're like a chief marketing officer, as an example, or you're a, a CIO. It really doesn't matter. And, um, you know, I know what your company's goals are, you know, they're to, to expand profitability, it's to grow up this rate, but the executive comp, let's say, is that your executive compensation is based upon, you know, the, the level of revenues and profit margins and earnings per share. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm not going to come up to you and say, Diane, unless I know you pretty well, I'm not going to say, oh, Diane, I know how you're compensated on sales and, you know, earnings per share and profit margin and, oh, and I know where your kids go to school, you know, that kind of stuff. That's, that's just kind of creepy. Uh, so how you can use this is you now know what's motivating them. And so you might have a conversation, say, Diane, you know, one of the things that we're here to do is help you achieve your goals and strategies and ultimately, you know, improve your financial performance in areas like revenues and profit margins and earnings per share. So now they know that you know, and as you're having these conversations, Keep getting back to, oh, and let, let me share with you how our solutions, given your goals, can help you improve profit margins, okay? I'm putting together a proposal. Uh, Diane, you know, you want greater customer insights, and here's how we've helped others, and, you know, here's what we think the, the benefits would be around revenues, and, oh, here's how it would also help profit margins. So it's a, it's a way to connect with these executives who, believe me, I've worked with a lot of them, executive compensation is pretty high up there. So it's just a way of being more relevant. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that. Uh, I, it's, that's really valuable um, information on how to use the information that you're gathering so that they know that you're educated about them, but you're not you know, going places that are uncomfortable. I, or, I call it creepy. Like yeah, it's truly, right. It's like being stalked. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's involved in in build credibility? OK, so so the build credibility is is now what you're talking about is, you know, how, how do you uh, know the industry? That's a big, big part of build credibility. I mean, there's other okay. things involved in it, but, you know, let, let's face it. A customer's industry is one of the biggest drivers of their performance. And there, there's, you know, there's some exceptions to the rule, like, you know, Tesla is an example and Amazon. And so, so you can find the disruptors out there. So what build credibility about is, well, what's happening in the industry? And, you know, I tell people all the time, uh, and, and let me back up again, we do surveys and, you know, I'm not saying being an industry expert, Diane, but what we found is only about 25% of, you know, sellers really think they know their industry because one of the things uh, that, that, you know, we found talking to these executives is tell me something I don't know. And a lot of times that's coming from the seller's industry knowledge. So what I tell folks is fall in love with the industry. I, I was talking to a, a, a sales friend of mine 
uh, just, I think it was last week, and him and I are both car nuts. And uh, we were talking about this. You've got to be passionate about your customer's industry. You have to love your customer's industry. And we said, you know what? We would be great sellers in the car, you know, automotive industry because we love cars, you know? <laughs> and so the first thing is fall in love with the customer's industry. And then here, here's the breakdown, Diana, what you need to know. How, how are they doing financially? Okay. So in fact, I'm, I'm going to, uh, I was doing some research uh, earlier this morning and so one of our customers' customers' revenue grew at like 3 or 4%. The industry average grew at 6%. So, so it's like, wait a minute, you know, what's different about this individual customer because its growth is so much different than the industry? So you can start digging into that. The other part of that is, well, what are the business and technology trends, right? I mean, what, what, what are the disruptors out there? How, are, are they leveraging some of these technology trends, you know, are they not leveraging it? Have you seen other companies in their industry leverage them in a different way? So this allows you, given you get to see a lot of companies in that industry, <clears throat> to tell them something they don't know. And then the last part of that is what are the industry risks? And, and what I find is that a lot of my friends in sales, uh, I always accuse them of having happy faces, right? <laughs> Everything's always happy and our solutions are going to give you a three or 500% ROI and on and on and on. Well, what are the risks out there? What are the dis disruptors and how can you help them mitigate the risk? You're never going to, you're never get rid of the risk, but you, you manage the risk. How can you help them mitigate the risk? How, how do your solutions do that? So really there's a couple points where, you know, how's the industry doing? What are the business tech trends? What are the risks? And then ultimately, you know, what can you do at an industry level, high level, uh, help companies meet goals and strategies and improve their performance. And that is really just points back to what you said earlier about how companies want partners, not vendors. Yeah. And, you know, Diane, I'll add to that. You, you know, this is, this is a team effort. This is not like, you know, field sales, Hey, go out and acquire all this industry knowledge. I mean, this is truly Diane. Think, think of all the folks involved, definitely sales enablement. Uh, in fact, I'm always, I've got these soccer cards, you know, you got the green, uh, the yellow and the red, and I'm always throwing a yell at my friends in sales enablement going, wait a minute, you guys aren't doing your job, you know, Yeah. <laughs> there should be these, these great industry playbooks. And, and what uh, we did recently, uh, we did a webinar on industry playbooks and um, I'm trying to think of the statistics, but it was something like around 5% said their industry playbooks were excellent. Um, I think it was like, 30-something percent responded, what playbooks? <laughs> and then the rest, I think it's around 60-something percent said, you know, they're making progress. So the point around the industry, developing this industry playbook, you got sales enablement involved, you got the industry experts involved, you, you know, you got the, the value consultants involved, you got sellers involved, what are they hearing? And then, you know, it needs to be uh, sales enablement and sales leaders to really have that ongoing nourishment with, with our friends in the field and the friends in the field sharing what they're finding each other. But it's, it's well worth it. And it's a great way to, as I said, tell, tell a buyer something they don't know. Right, 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 right. Don't you know that you're a grown up?
I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzwar, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next-door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you want to learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in life, we've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information. Wow, this is so fascinating. And and now, talk to me about what is communicate with impact? I, I, it feels like you've already shared some of that with how you use the information, you know, how, how you bring up the, the information that you know, but is, is there more involved with that? Yeah, so now, now you've got a, a, a lot of the uh, foundation, right? But, you know, Diane, as you know, these buying groups are getting larger and larger. I think Gartner had said it's now over 10 major stakeholders in, in some of these larger, you know, decisions like digital wow. transformation or a lot of different things. So, so you a lot of different stakeholders. Uh, and l- let, me, let me give a retail example. So, you know, a lot of retailers are saying, we want to grow revenues by, ex- by providing a differentiated omni-channel experience. Okay. So now let's start thinking who's involved. Oh, well, let's see merchandising's involved, marketing's involved, distribution logistics is involved. If they got brick and mortar stores, you've got uh, you know, VP of store operations involved. And then of course you always have finance types like me. So everyone's aligned with this goal, grow revenues uh, by providing a differentiated omni-channel experience. But I just named five easily major stakeholders, not to mention HR and, and others, IT as an example. So even though they're all aligned with the same goals, you know, I've got different initiatives. So, so in that example, distributional logistics saying, wow, you know, how, how do we ensure uh, same day overnight delivery? So, so they're really focused on, okay, how do we, you know, do our network such that, you know, someone, you know, Diane orders, uh, you know, flashlight, whatever you order, <laughs> Uh, and tomorrow she wants it there. She wants it there by six o'clock tomorrow. So I'm all focused on that. And, and I, I'm going to be looking at things like, you know, on-time deliveries or what they call the perfect order or fill rates and, you know, those damages, returns. But I'm aligned with that goal, right? And then you're uh, in marketing, 
and you're thinking, how do I provide more personalized offerings? And what is the campaign response rate? So if I do something like sell customer insight solutions, how I talk to you is going to be different than how I talk to the VP of distribution and logistics. All aligned with the same goal, right? Have different maybe strategies and initiatives, but I've, I've got to tailor the message. So that's one part of communicating with impact. And by the way, these buying groups are much further down uh, the, the buying journey. So I got to be talking to you in their language pretty quickly. So that's one part. Another part is they want to know, well, what are the financial benefits? And that's why it's important early on not to make a promise, but say, Diane, you know, um, you're, you're, you're focused on campaign response rate. And, you know, we have some industry data and, you know, for a company your size, you know, each 1% improvement would be worth 50 million. Does that sound about right? So tailoring the message, talking to them in their language, trying to give them some financial insights and benefits, you know, early on is about the communicating with impact. And then, you know, building the formal business case eventually. Right. Boy, I sure can see uh, how it, it is a team making sure that everyone, you know, in the, that the vendor company has as much information about the industry they're selling to as possible because, wow, you know, you, you need to, there, there's a lot of moving parts. There, there, there are. And, and, you know, and I'm not going to tell anyone that this is easy. It, it, it's, it takes work. It's a team effort, but I can tell you that is definitely scalable, right? And uh, that I've seen the return on these things to be pretty significant because you're talking these buyers' languages. And most people, and in fact, here's another survey result, is um, we asked the question is how well do you tailor the message for individual uh, buyers, okay? Like the examples yeah. they just said. 25 percent so there's, there's always that 25 percent uh, and I think it was something like I can't remember Diane exactly like 40 percent said progress has been made and the other I think is 30 something percent said oh we we still sell on features and function who cares about that <laughs> so you know I mean like I don't care I'm an executive you think I really care go go talk to the IT folks that's what gets them excited right yeah so um you know what I recommend Diane is is you know, pick a couple of your key industries, pick a couple of the, the key goals and strategies in that industry, come up with the how statements. Don't jump into the numbers right away. Pick a couple of your existing key buyers. And when I tell folks all the time, look for another buyer. I can't tell you how many times I am. When we, we encourage people to do this. We teach people to do this. Like, oh my God, I never thought about talking to store operations, but we can help them. So you know, don't boil the ocean, but say, here's who we typically talk to. How do we tell our message for them? And I always push people, go find one more buying center that you've not talked to, maybe never talked to, you know, use your existing contacts to, to get to them and, and make your contacts there the, the, the hero. Hey, here's, here's how we think we can help store operations. Will, will you go with us and, and you can share with them how we think we can help them? So I was encouraging you to think, not think outside the box. I don't like that term, but go find another buyer. And you're going to be really surprised the response. And you're going to be surprised at the increased deal size, which we see a lot because they, you know, there's things they want to buy that maybe marketing isn't buying. Right. Right. It's always so interesting to me how people get so 
uh, I guess like tunnel vision about this is who I sell to. This is what I sell right. them. This is why it matters. And they don't even stop. To, and then I'm just going to go look at the next one, you know, and they don't step and think, wow, there are potentially other opportunities, but I got to make sure that I really know what's going on with them. What are their initiatives? You know, what are their goals? Yeah. What are their challenges? You know, what, all of these things, because the more I understand them, the more I can connect dots and either bring in a resource that I don't have, you know, to introduce them to a resource that has nothing to do with what I do or say, yeah. well, you know, that that's something we can do. I think we expect them to know all the things we do and they don't care. No. And Diane, you bring up a great point, right? Because it may be like, I feel really good about, you know, talking about marketing or customer insights. And now those same insights can help someone in store operations or help someone in distribution logistics. So yeah. a, a really good approach I've seen is within the seller, within the seller's organization. Hey, who, who here can speak uh, like a VP of store operations? Oh, oh, we have a retail store solution. Love to go talk to him. So, um, you know, so leverage those relationships if, if you within the company, right. you know, make, make them the hero, right? They're not just going to do that the goodness of their heart. At least that's what I find. And then, you know, help build those relationships within your own company. And, you know, I can't guarantee anything, Diane, but I can tell you, I've seen it too many times where all of a sudden, you know, wow, store ops, what they've been, you know, they're, they're focused on this grow revenues, but you know what, now you have buy online, pick up and store, they're having a tougher time managing labor, right? The scheduling of labor. Oh, oh well, look, we've got this, this labor scheduling solution. And next thing you know, you're finding out more needs within the company and you're selling more. I can't guarantee it, but I've seen it plenty of times. Sure. Right. Exactly. And why not just have that level of interest in doing it? Right. Just that sort of curiosity. Yeah, it's fall, falling in love with the customer. Yeah. I, mean, just, I want to know everything about you. You know, how, right. how can we build our relationship? How can I help you? And let, let's be honest, you know, you know, talking to the execs is what what is it, what is it you want as a buyer? You know, look, I I know how what your goals are. You know, here's mine. And they they want they this is what I find. They really want sellers to be successful because they they don't want a new face, you know, every 12 months. Yeah. They want someone that will know them well enough. In fact, here's a really good uh, uh, example, Diane. This, this was uh, a good friend of mine, very senior person at this technology company. She specialized in retail. And she called me all excited one time. She said, Stephen, I, I'm a trusted advisor. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, the CEO, uh, and she was very good at talking to the execs. The CEO of this retail company called me and said, look, confidential. She didn't tell me the name. Um, you know, we're, we're interested in buying this company and, and tell me what are, what are your thoughts around it? Wow. So he didn't want to buy anything from her. She wasn't trying to sell him anything, but you know, that's an extreme example. But the point I'm making is, is that by building relationships like that and okay, they're the go-to source for information, you're going to get calls or say, Hey, you know, Diane, I just, you got five minutes. I got, I've been thinking about something. I just like your feedback. Seriously, seriously, then you're, uh, it's so amazing, right? And it's not that hard to do, but, but as you said, you have to fall in love with your clients. You have to really be interested in them, genuinely interested in them. You can't, you know, sort of walk through some scripted process and expect <laughs> it to work. <laughs> not nowadays. <laughs> no, no. Mm -mm.
And thank goodness, right? Oh my gosh, Stephen, I love this information. It's so refreshing and just real and empowering. I mean, for people, I really hope people are listening to the, these concepts of how to really engage with your customer, with your prospect in a way that builds that trust and that credibility and that um, connectedness. So, and partnership, you know, so that they right. value what you're bringing to the table because they know you care about them. Yes, yes. It's like, uh, it's, it's like a personal relationship. Yeah. You, know? you, you want to have a relationship. Right. Um, and so, no, that's, that's, and that's why, you know, Diane, the, the book, we, each chapter is, it's like a guide. I mean, that's really what it's like. It's like a handbook. Yeah. Uh, and we got lots of examples and download templates and all that. In fact, for your listeners out there, Diane, if they reach out to us, info at finlistics.com and again, it's info at finlistics.com. And, and please let us know that you were listening to the Accelerate Your Business Growth. Uh, we will send them uh, a complimentary uh, copy of the first chapter, which is, you know, executive insights. And we're not going to bug you to death. Like, hey, you, you got this. Now let's you know, keep trying to sell you something. We're, that's not our style. But love for people just to look at this. And that's one of the reasons why Melody and I wrote this. And, you know, the other part of it too, Diane, I, I even though I left the university many years ago, there's still that professor in me that, yeah. you know, knowledge will set you free. So if I can impart knowledge upon you and share with you things that I've seen from both sides of the desk, um, hopefully it'll make your life better. And that will make me feel better. Yeah, definitely. I know. I just love it. And, and, so, so first of all, thank you so much for spending this time with me and, and sharing this information. It really is. Um, My pleasure. Thanks for asking me. And thanks again for everyone listening. Absolutely. And will you explain um, what Finlistics, the Finlistic solution is and, you know. Sure. sure. That. Thanks. Yeah. So here, here's the problem that we solve. So I always like to start off with, you know, what's the problem? And so enterprise sellers, the most common things is we want to call higher. We want to call on different buying groups. We want to be more relevant. So what we do is really a couple of things. So one, uh, we have a, a revenue intelligence platform called Client IQ. And what it allows you to do for literally tens of thousands of companies around the world, you know, I can very quickly go in and say, oh, well, I'm calling on Colgate Palmolive and oh, um, you know, I help them grow revenues or let, let, let's say I help them better manage their cost goods sold through automation or something. So it very quickly says, well, here's the metrics that you can help them with. Oh, oh, look, it, it's actually gone up over the last year. That's a pretty good thing, but their competitors went up faster, okay? Uh, or, you know, margins shrunk, but didn't shrink as rest as everyone else. So very, very quickly, it gives them some insights into what's going on financially. Keep it high level. We're not trying to get people MBAs in finance. Well, it will also do is say within this industry, here are some of the most common goals and strategies, right? And oh, you sell customer insights, you probably want to go talk to marketing. And within this industry, here are the initiatives and the operational KPIs that people are looking at. Which one of these can you impact? And then uh, another part, Diane, will we'll say, okay, well, we don't have, let's say, Colgate Palmolive's actual cross-sell upsell numbers. We have some industry averages. So again, you sell customer insight solutions. We'll say, well, you know, you know, for each 1% improvement in cross-sell upsell for them or new customers for them, whatever it might be, 
it's worth this many millions of dollars. And oh, by the way, here's how your solutions do that. So one, Client IQ allows them to, within a matter of minutes, to get insights, which would take them hours, which is why most people don't do this. And then a, a second part of this is I'm so blessed to have this bench of former executives from, you know, like I, IBM, Procter & Gamble, and it goes on and on and on. And what they, what we then do is say, okay, how do you talk to executives? Because even if you got all this great knowledge, right? Well, how do you communicate in such a way that makes you relevant? So th those are the those are the two big things that we do. There's some others, but those are the ones that help sellers call higher, call on different people, uh, be more relevant, be more confident, uh, and we can demonstrate sell more. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Sounds like a great program and tremendously valuable. And um, how people can get in touch with you. I know you said info at finlistics.com and mentioned the show, but is there anything else they should, the listeners should know about, oh. you know, you and the company? Yeah, yeah, sure. So one, one thing you can also do is go to finlistics.com and you can read about all the stuff we do that. Okay. That's cool stuff. Uh, but we have a resource section where we talk about a lot of is what we call insights from the other side of the desk. It's free. We're going to bug you. Uh, so go in there and, you know, what are executives talking about? Or you, you mentioned uh, earlier about selling to private companies. Well, about, I think it was two months ago, I had had a webinar with, um, uh, what's his name? Robert Bagley, that's his name. And Robert is a, a VP of sales enablement at HMTX, which is about 800 something million dollar private company. So we talk about how do you sell to private companies? So there's a lot of good information out there. Uh, that's available on like the topics we talked about as an example and, and a lot of other topics. Uh, what they can also do is, is follow me on LinkedIn because we're, I'm always posting something. Here's a new webinar. Here's some food for thought. And then also follow finlistics.com. So yeah, so reach out to either me through info at finlistics or go to the website, get a lot of freebies. Uh, and then follow both me uh, and Finlistics on uh, LinkedIn. Excellent. Great. I'll make sure all that information is in the show notes as well. Okay. Wonderful. Well, like I said, thank you. Uh, listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We, we out. out.